Welcome to the BMJ Open Gastroenterology Podcast, based on the paper, Controversies in the Management of Anti-TNF Therapy in Patients with Crohn's Disease, a Delphi Consensus, published in December 2023. My name is Dr. Philip Smith, Associate and Education Editor of BMJ Open Gastroenterology, an honorary consultant gastroenterologist at the Royal Liverpool Hospital, Liverpool, United Kingdom. I would like to extend a very warm welcome to the first author of this paper, Professor Yago Gonzalez Lama. Thank you very much for inviting me to this podcast. Um, I'm Professor Yago Gonzalez Lama from the Ivory Unit Gastroenterology and Hepatology Department at Hospital Puerta de Hierro in Madrid, Spain. I'm very happy to be here with you. Thank you, Professor, and we're, we're delighted you're here with us also to do this podcast. So to start off with, my first question is, can you explain to our listeners, some of whom may not be IBD experts or specialists, about what are the controversies in the management of anti-TNFs in patients with moderate to severe Crohn's disease? Well, sure. As a matter of fact, there are many controversies that should be addressed, and um, we just focus um, on those areas that are not clear about um, management of anti-TNF in Crohn's disease. Well, let's say that anti-TNF are somehow a cornerstone of the treatment for IBD or at least for Crohn's disease. And despite research and current guidelines, there are still many remaining controversial areas in the management of patients with Crohn's disease and their anti-TNF therapy. And that's what we try to address um, in this in this paper. Okay, thank you. Can you um, explain to our listeners then um, how you approach the methodology in this paper? I know there's many controversies and, and the, the Delphi process behind it. Well, to begin with, we, we settled an expert steering committee. It was a, a, a group of nine expert gastroenterologists we identify current clinical controversies in the management of Crohn's disease on anti-TNF therapies. And after that, we perform a comprehensive, a really comprehensive literature review. And we perform that to address those controversies to see what, what was in the literature about them. And after that, we, we perform a national survey that was launched to examine current clinical practice when using anti-TNF therapies in Crohn's disease regarding these specific areas. And the results were discussed by these uh, expert um, gastroenterologists in a nominal group meeting. And a set of uh, statements were proposed and tests in a DASFI process, meaning that we, we, we launched those uh, statements to uh, to the same people who, who answered the, the, the very first time. And we defined agreement if at least 70% of the participants vote uh, uh, seven points of, of, or, or higher. And, and that's all. I mean, it's um, uh, very easy. It, it, this, this, um, this kind of, of um, studies become very easy when, when you have um, uh, easy access to the emails of your colleagues all over. And, and, and most of them were very, very happy to participate. Okay, thank you. Uh, that's very, very clear. So following on from this uh, methodology, can you explain what the results of your study showed? 
Sure. Um, this document uh, sought to pull together the best available evidence, experts' opinion, and treating physicians' attitudes when using anti-tina therapies in patients with Crohn's disease. And we hope that those statements may be useful in the decision-making process regarding different, well, you know, different controversial areas of IBD management. So we we explore six different areas of of uncertainty, let's say. And first one was the use of first-line non-antitinib biologic therapy. Second, uh, we explore the role of HLA in daily practice, you know, or the HLA DQA105, that may be a, a helpful tool in this decision-making process. After that, um, the other area that we explored was um, about the attitudes in primary non-response and loss of response to antitina therapy due to immunogenicity. Besides that, we explore um, ustekinumab or berolizumab if a change of mechanism of action is considered. Next, we explore anti-TNF drug levels monitoring during induction phase. And finally, we explore about the combined therapy with immunomodulators and anti-TNF monotherapy. Thank you. So you generated, I think, around 14 statements. Could you give a a brief insight into what these were and highlight maybe just two or three, no more than that, of these in particular as to having having a consensus statements are, are helpful or useful to the management of IBD patients, of, of Crohn's disease patients? Sure. Uh, well, let me point out some of them, probably the most easy and clinically meaningful from my point of view. Uh, let's say the, the, the very first one I would like to highlight is um, in the first statement is that in fragile patients, in frail patients with Crohn's disease, a biologic therapy other than anti-TNF, like ustekinumab or berolizumab, can be considered in first line, which is a very uh, important statement from my point of view. The second statement I would like to highlight is the second one states like, uh, along with the usual clinical procedures, testing patients for HLA DQA105 in daily practice may help physician in the therapeutic decision-making. There's another issue that's important from my point of view. And, and the other thing that I would like to highlight is um, those regarding the induction phase. Uh, this statement saying that the induction phase is key in treatment of patients with Crohn's disease. And after that, although current supporting evidence is limited, proactive TDM, therapeutic drug monitoring with anti-TNFs is recommended during induction phase. And finally, it's recommended to attempt uh, anti-tina therapy optimization during induction phase. So this, all of this about um, selecting non-anti-TNF uh, therapy in a certain population and the use of uh, HLA and the use of optimization of anti-TNF during the induction phase, all of these are really um, relevant from a clinical point of view from my side. Thank you. They're, they're, they're definitely uh, hugely topical areas in the uh, world of IBD. In your in your paper, um, you described that two two statements did not reach consensus. What do these relate to, and 
Why do you think they did not reach consensus? Well, that's interesting. Um, and I appreciate this question. Um, those are those um, uh, questions regarding when we should exactly be um, uh, performing uh, drug level uh, assessments, you know, when, when, when to perform this blood test. And, and you know, this is very, uh, a, a big lack of, of evidence uh, regarding this issue. And it seems to be very, very uh, center-based. So when we ask, uh, we propose some uh, uh, specific weeks when this uh, blood test should be uh, performed, and we could not uh, reach an agreement to uh, about this. You know, about when to exactly perform this blood test, uh, this this um, drug levels uh, assessment. You know, and I believe this because of of each center has its own um, procedures and its own uh, protocols. You know, and it's very hard to to pull all of them together. That's that's what I believe it happened. Okay, and. Um now that you've done this research and got these statements, um, what are you and your colleagues uh, planning to do with this in terms of clinical care and potentially research aspirations in the future? Well, thank you again for this question. I mean, because it's, it's the most relevant one. We hope we could disseminate our findings good enough to 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 reach uh, as as many colleagues as possible uh, to help them to take initiative of assuming some of these statements in order to improve um, anti-TNF management in this in this population. Um, we hope that this may have an impact, a positive impact in drug persistence, sustainability, uh, probably early access to other drugs than anti-TNF if, if appropriate in certain populations. We, we really hope that this paper could help clinicians to to push their sentence to 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 have access to 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 tdm to therapy drug monitoring or or to to have easy access to non anti tnf in in certain clinical scenarios etc our only uh, aim was to help colleagues to 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 push the units to the center to to a better clinical management uh, after all, that's all. I'm afraid. Thank you, and I think I think that's really important, um, given how many different therapies are coming through for um, patients with uh, inflammatory bowel disease and Crohn's disease, especially. So, for, thank you so much, Professor Lama, um, for your excellent overview of your paper, and thank for taking the time to join us today to do this BMJ Open Gastroenterology podcast. Um, thanks to you and your co-authors and congratulations having your paper published in BMJ Open Gastroenterology, of course, as well. Thank you very much. It's been my pleasure. Thank you. To our listeners, I uh, hope you've enjoyed this brief podcast. Do read the paper. The link to the paper is underneath this podcast, so do click on it and have a full read of the information provided with it. And, uh, and of course, do join us in the future for further BMJ Open Gastroenterology Podcast. Thank you very much for listening.